this today on the show. Virtual pilgrimages, starting your morning right. Fighting evil with Padre Pio, our picks of the week, and so much more. The Catholic Underground starts right now. Yes, my friends, it is time for the CU Weekly. We are the podcast that attempts to cut through the noise that is rampant among us on the digital continent and bring you the topics that matter. It's episode number 354. I am Father Chris Decker. Joining me this week, we've got Kathleen Lee. She's the religion teacher at Archbishop Chappelle High School in Metairie. She's our locally sourced and Japanese appreciative faith ninja. Yep. (laughs) Sensei. That's right. Sensei. That's right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. We've also got Olivia Galino. She's the Associate Director of Youth and Young Adult Ministry for the Diocese of Baton Rouge. Yes. And she joins us. Hello, Olivia. Hello, Father. She also made um, tasty, tasty, what were they called? Uh, cinnamon apple twist rolls. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Stress baking, that's what it's called. We won't, we won't say who ate the most of them at the table. It may have been me, but it may not have. Also up in space, we've got <laughs> Jeff Blackwell. 71. He, he's the technical director of the CU. He's the commandant of the Jeff Star One near-Earth orbit satellite. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Father. Good to That's be right. here. That's right. They're just kind of floating around in the background. <laughs> Actually, no, you, you got the artificial gravity uh, turned on over there. Okay. And and the quiet grave, Ed Ball, is, uh, is doing work there in the uh, Kathleen named it the Ed Ball pit. <laughs> it's, not, it's like it's a Chuck E. Cheese up there. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Hey, they can have fun up there. Well, of course they can. Many, many, many of your time of my childhood was spent in the ball pit, mostly because I couldn't get back out. <laughs> that's true. But that's true. It's a great place to be. I'm having a nice little laugh of that in my head. The undercurrent know. of childhood is Indeed. that ball pit. Are you imagining little Kathleen trying to get out? I am. Help me. Help. One of the things that you'll discover being the, uh, the moderator of the Japanese Appreciation Fan Club is that whenever a Japanese anime character... Uh, begins to emote heavily, they usually revort, re- resort to something called a chibi. It's this little itty-bitty cartoon version of themselves, like flailing. Mm. Yeah. In my head, Kathleen was like a chibi mm. version of herself. Flailing. Be careful if you Google that. There's all sorts of weird things on the internet. I thought I you said okay. kibby, and no, I'm no, thinking no, kibby. like the little fried meatballs no. yeah. from Lebanese mm. <laughs> 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 too. That too. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> like a little fried as a child. <laughs> a fried meatball <laughs> stuck in a ball pit. <laughs> Where they just toss pizza, men. <laughs> what was in those rolls is what I want to know. <laughs> Move towards the pizza. <laughs> this conversation. Meanwhile, on the Catholic Underground. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it's fall, and uh, and it's a good time to, to get out of the house, you know, before it turns, well, depending on where you live, cold. We don't do cold in Louisiana. <laughs> 93, 93 degrees today. In the shade. Oh. And right. and normally this time of year, it's, it's good to get out of the house and maybe make a pilgrimage somewhere. Maybe go to a parish that you haven't been to before. Uh, go to mass where you haven't gone before, you know. And uh, sometimes you can't get out of the house, especially to go to a, a, a big pilgrimage site. Mm-hmm. And so it is possible to take virtual tours of some of the world's most spectacular churches. And so over on Church Pop, um, the, the, the nice little clickbait site for Catholics, mm-hmm. you know, um, there, there is indeed a, a list of, of all of the different virtual tours that, that are present. In fact, um, the Sistine Chapel is one. As you know, it was built in the 15th century. It was painted in the 16th century. It's, of course, one of those great masterpieces of wow. the world. And you can actually explore it with your mouse cursor in 360 degrees. And you can mm-hmm. zoom in. And some of the different ones have... Um, have different like clickable spots that that are little hot, hot spots in the in the tour, and so you can uh, you can zoom in 
uh, quite well. In fact, uh, if you're watching us on the video stream, Ed Ball and the uh, and the ball pit there is uh, <laughs> zooming in on the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel. And, uh, and you can see with a great degree of detail, because that's where we are technologically yeah. speaking, you, you can actually, um, because every camera now is at least four or five megapixels, imagine one of these 360-degree cameras that's scanning at uh, a 1080p you know, um, resolution. You can really get wow. close and see some of these mm -hmm. things. In fact, in some of these, um, sometimes the places that I've been, I will go back and look yeah. at the virtual reality because you can get closer than you're actually allowed to. Yeah, huh. like this is what you get when Sony owns the the uh, visual rights to the Sistine Chapel. So they should do. That's, that's right. why you can't oh. take pictures in there because mm -hmm. they own the rights to all pictures taken mm -hmm. of uh, the Sistine Chapel. Really? Yeah. Um, okay. And, yeah. and they've also, of course, the the upside of that is they have donated a lot of high definition equipment to Vatican Television. Yeah. Uh, to oh, allow them to, okay. to do that. No, know? they just like screening no pictures. They do like to say that. <laughs> That's the only reason. Signora, no picture, uh, please. No photography. No photography. Um, oops. This is not possible. Well, it's very possible because <laughs> I don't oh. click. Yeah. That, <laughs> the the silent button on your phone nowadays, you know. It, yeah. It's hard to. But they they can tell. They always know. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, you can also go to the Church of the Holy Sepulchre in Jerusalem. Mm. I haven't been there yet, but you can actually go there virtually. Mm. It's it's located in Old Jerusalem. The Church of the Holy Sepulchre is certainly venerated by us, by Christians, um, yeah. in the space of what's believed to be the places of Jesus' death, his burial, and his resurrection, mm. which, of course, makes it kind of yet another center of Christendom, if you will. Uh, probably yeah. the original center, if you will, mm. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool that... Um, mm -hmm. Uh, I actually I have been there, and I accidentally kicked an Orthodox nun because I didn't see her. So I could have avoided that had I just done the virtual tour. So, so you may have set back. Uh, it was really East dark. West relations about another thousand she was in the years. Olivia. And I didn't see her. Oh, it's okay. And I didn't know how to say I'm sorry. Maybe you were maybe you were actually helping with her her discipline. You know yeah. her religious discipline because it. Normally, you'd have a little little cat of nine tails, mm -hmm. you know. Well, yeah. you just kind of gave her a little oof. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then, of course, uh, other other sites include St. Basil's Cathedral in Moscow. Hmm. Um, not to be confused with the Kremlin, which is nearby, but uh -huh. St. Basil's is, of course, the, the church that looks like a, a big frosty um, Olivia baked creation. <laughs> oh. Thank you. Yeah. It does. It looks like I'm a big cake. Yeah. Yeah. Is that the mm. one with all the colors? Yeah, it is. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've seen pictures. Oh. Yep. Yeah. And then, of course, one of the, the really neat ones is uh, St. Peter's in, in uh, Vatican City, the, the, that great basilica that is the, the center of, of Catholic Christendom. Um, also built in, in the 16th century uh, in the midst of the Protestant Reformation, replaced the aging church that stood on its site since the 4th century. But what's really kind of cool about it is that it's all built in layers. So you actually, if you take the Scavi tour, Jeff, which is really neat, uh -huh. you can go all the way down to what we are pretty sure is like the first layer. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah, and so you can see the tomb of Peter in one of those first is few layers. So? Yeah. Cool. Mm -hmm. oh and you can also see all the different things that are built on top of that mm -hmm. to show that Peter is here. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and then the the altar, which is the the altar that the Holy Father celebrates Mass on. In fact, he's the only one who can who does mm -hmm. is directly above the bones of Peter. Unbelievable. Yeah, and so you can take a, a virtual tour and see all of that, um, and it's actually cheaper than the Scavi because mm. it's just the price of your internet connection. Yeah, that's right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, um, then of course the Church of the Nativity in Bethlehem on the West Bank. Um, you can take a tour of that as well. 
and then uh, let's see the the Cathedral of St. Paul, uh, the National Shrine of the Apostle Paul, which is in St. Paul, Minnesota. Mm. That that is a huge, huge basilica. Really, I've only seen it in the virtual tour, yeah. and uh, and so it's definitely worth a, a visit um, on your on your screen. One of the things I don't know about some of these because the technology is emerging. Is uh, is whether or not you can use VR goggles for them? There's some oh. that are probably responsive for that, but yeah. uh, I actually I bought a cheap pair when I was in Wyoming with Father Ryan. We were at a place that it, it's like it wanted to be a Walgreens. I forget what the name of it was, <laughs> but it was <laughs> but it was like it was a uh, we're trying to be a Walgreens in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. I forget what it was called. It had a weird spelling. Anyway, they were selling they were selling VR goggles in it oh. for ten bucks, really? and you put your phone in. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. the front and and then it tracks your your movement. Mm-hmm. That's, that's I still have awesome. not gotten quite used to yeah. that. Yeah, which yeah. I realize puts me about. Three it's really years interesting behind, because it does it does kind of put you in um in a, in a place where your brain then begins to go. This is this is real. Yeah, uh, which is weird. Yeah, and then you take them off and you're like, wait, where am I? Yeah. I wonder how long it's going to take until people start. I think I may have already seen it. People start just walking down the street with those things. <laughs> Oh yeah, well. Well, fe- Daft Punk has been doing it for years. <laughs> yes, well, they're Daft Punk. <laughs> right. I remember um, there was some kind of texting app. This was years ago, but there, there was some kind of texting app where you could make the background um, uh, responsive to your camera, mm-hmm. well, so that it would show you the ground as oh, you were like, yeah. looking down oh, and walking, right. so, so, the- so that you could text and walk at the same time. Uh huh. Yeah. That's so you could a, I be guess even that's more a, disconnected from I guess the world that's around a you. Good use of augmented reality. I don't know. Yeah, that's I, I one mean, of the things I like about yeah. about where phones are now is the augmented reality feature, where you can hold your phone up in St. Peter's or something, and then there are these little points to ponder that yeah. are showing up in front of you. That's a really cool that application is really cool. of it. Um, also available for your virtual tour, the Basilica of St. Mary in Minneapolis. Um, uh, yeah, Paul, uh, Paul Hood. Ha, ah, Paul. How are you? Uh, it says St. Paul's in Minneapolis is very good. Yeah. Uh, uh, Dr. Mike says, don't VR and drive. No. Yeah. Oh, no. At least not yet. We haven't perfected the technology. Where, where I'm going to go with just don't do it. Just don't do it? Yeah. yeah. yeah that's my personal preference. That's right. Uh, uh, L7, engage auto drive. Auto drive engaged. Would you also <laughs> like virtual reality? Yes, I would. <laughs> yes, please. Okay, please be careful. Um, let's see. Also, Canterbury Cathedral. Mm. Um, we don't really know when Canterbury was built. Um, since different parts of the structure were built at different times, torn down, rebuilt, added on, but anywhere from the 10th to the 19th century, uh, with the site having been used as a cathedral since the 6th century. So Christianity is actually very ancient mm-hmm. on uh, on the, the, the Angled Isle, the English, mm. the, yeah, the British Isles. During the Protestant Reformation in the 16th century, the Church of England took control of the church from the Roman Catholic Church, but uh, but you can still see, I mean, that's the beautiful thing about it is... is um, uh, Anglicanism uh, really kind of froze the liturgy mm-hmm. in, in that time, in the 16th century. And so uh, you're able to see the church more or less as it was. It's a yeah. beautiful church. I've seen several different um, uh, religious, d- different liturgies there. It's very nice. Um, Exeter Cathedral in Exeter, England, um, which dates from the 12th century to the 15th century. It's the seat of the Anglican Bishop of Exeter. Um, but also there are some relics there, um, including what is supposedly the burning bush. Really? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how you snip, you know, the burning bush and bring That's it along. But cool though. I've never heard of anyone claiming to have it, a relic of the burning bush. Exactly. And and even even you know, well, presumably it is. Who knows? But but uh, 
just what that points to mm-hmm. is a beautiful point of prayer. I'm going to have to, Father Ryan, make a note uh, whenever mm-hmm. we go on our on our um, sabbatical. I think mm-hmm. we might need to stop at Exeter just to see what that's all about. Yeah, really. Yeah, mm-hmm. cool. uh, St. Patrick's Cathedral in New York. I've only been there once, and they were... Um, it was before the renovation, so the church was actually quite dark. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of lot of soot, oh. you know, because yeah. oh. years and years of, of candles, uh, sure. you know, going up, and so it's it's really quite stunning now. Mm-hmm. So you can you can mm-hmm. see that as well. Uh, the Cathedral Basilica of Our Lady of Chartres in Chartres, France. If you want to see that big giant rose window, oh, the, the yeah, one that's referenced that's the in the name of the rose, uh, of course, the one that's a great catechism, mm-hmm. uh, that rose window, you can see that. Uh, built in the 13th century, mostly. It's one of um, the latest of at least five churches that have stood in its location. Wow. And of course, its stained glass is all original. Um, and it also, it claims to have the Sancta Camisa, the tunic worn by the Blessed Virgin Mary at the birth of Jesus, the time mm. of his birth. Mm. Um, of course, the mm. Catholic bishops cathedra his cathedral his cathedra is there hmm. and then of course um the the basilica of the national shrine of the immaculate conception in washington dc love it definitely one of my favorite churches yeah. um yeah. in in this hemisphere that i've been to and uh it was it's relatively young construction started in the 1920s um and it wasn't completed into 1961 due to the great depression and world war ii um, but no real significant additions have been made as recently as 2012. Mm-hmm. And in fact, I think they've completed some of the mosaics. The Knights of Columbus have had a lot to do in, in maintaining it and in, in helping to get it built. Yeah. Um, and so that's really kind of a, a beautiful, beautiful church. And it's very simple. It's Romanesque. Yeah. And, uh, and so there's not a whole lot of ornamentation other than the mosaics. Yeah. And uh, it really is beautiful because you see different types of different styles of art mm-hmm. that somehow all kind of manage to, to mesh together. In, in a beautiful way, yeah. Yeah. and yeah, there's several mm-hmm. uh, uh, like like uh, the, they call them chapels. They do, the, yeah. The, yeah. The, yeah, that's right. Uh, I'm just uh, I was blown away by the size, first of all, and yeah. then the activity that goes on there. Absolutely, and and it is a very active, mm-hmm. a very active uh, parish, if mm-hmm. you will. You know, there's a lot that goes on there, and of course, uh, Our Lady of the Immaculate Conception, the Immaculata herself, is is the patroness of the United States of America. And, uh, and so it's very fitting that a beautiful church be erected in her honor and that it be a, a hub of activity at our nation's capital where there's always the, uh, the, looming, mm-hmm. the looming evil of the age, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, so, and so how beautiful it is that Our Lady's like, nope, I got this. I'm crushing the head of the serpent while uh, lifting up the people of God in mm-hmm. worship to, yes. to, uh, to the one that magnifies, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. There you go. Um, so, so yeah, you can you can um, look in the show notes, but if you want to kind of go there quickly and you're watching, uh, you can just go to the Church Pop website mm-hmm. and it's on there. We'll make sure it's in the show notes, though. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I wonder if uh, La Sagrada Familia will start doing that. Their, oh, the church like, in Barcelona? Barcelona, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I hope they aren't waiting until it's finished, but that would be no, cool yeah. to be able to go online and see the improvements as they're happening. Yeah, do you know Sagrada Familia, Jeff? That I'm not familiar with. That That is, uh, it, it's, it's. how shall I say, it's it's a modern church. It's <laughs> Yes, but not in any of the sense of what that means yeah. colloquially. Yeah, it's just, go look it up. It's so, it's so like weird and beautiful at the same time. Weird and beautiful, that's it's Weird and beautiful. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I need to know how to spell it first, but uh, yeah. okay. Just uh, do Barcelona Cathedral. Okay, and there you go. Show up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thank you, there, I got Olivia. your back. I got your back. <laughs> but in Creative the meantime, Jeff, I suppose we should remind folks that uh, you're listening to the Catholic Underground. <laughs> what, what kind of
kind of a move is that? I don't know. I don't dance. I'm Father Chris watch, Decker. Watching on the radio. Oh my gosh! I wish that I could have been at your prom. And you're listening to Catholic Underground. There are pictures. None of me dancing. I don't think. Such an oversight in history. Come on, people. Well, you know, cameras were not as ubiquitous as they are now, thankfully. It's okay. If you went to high school with Father Chris Decker and you had a camera, raise your hand. Back chat at CatholicUnderground.com. Well, yes, please. Now I'm in for it because I know that there are people who do have pictures. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah, Lent so came just, early for me. Just show up Christmas for everybody else. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it is a Catholic Underground. Uh, we're at CatholicUnderground.tv. I'm Father Chris, joined by Jeff Blackwell in space, Olivia Galino, Kathleen Lee. Our picks of the week are coming up. But first, you know, there are two types of people. Those mm-hmm. who say, yep. you know, good morning, God. And then the other ones who say, oh, God, morning. <laughs> you know, uh, yes. Which one are you, Kathleen? Um, <laughs> well, it depends on the day because I, I'm a natural night owl. Um, but being a teacher, I now have a natural night owlness, if that's the thing, mm-hmm. and natural an, night an internal um, teacher alarm clock. So oh, right. like yeah. 6 a.m., mm. ping, guess who's wide awake? Mm. Right. <laughs> Whether I like it or not. Mm. But um, our friend Jeremy Anderberg at Art of Manliness talks about the age-old complicated question, how mm. to have a good morning. Yeah. Even if... like. Even if it's starting off really rough, because right, so, breakfast isn't only the most important meal of the day, yes. but but morning is the most important time of the day because how yes. you deal with it, yeah, how you start your day yeah. is going to probably line up the rest of your day. So he says, yep. do you often feel like you're not in control of your day? Mm-hmm. You hit like you know noon and you're you're you have no idea what you did in the morning. You have no idea what's coming up. Um, you feel like you've lost control. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe your coworkers are making some unexpected demands. Uh, meetings don't work out the way you planned. Appointments fall through. You feel like you're constantly reacting mm. rather than acting. Mm-hmm. You're not ahead of the game. Um, as a result, not only does your overall productivity suffer, um, but you're not getting done the things you want to accomplish. Nothing on your list is getting done. Right. Uh, you find yourself regularly frustrated at work and find it difficult to slough off this feeling of annoyance after you come home. Like it follows you when your work follows you home in a bad way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you can't say, today was a good day. Yeah, right. and it, yeah, that's a rare thing to be able to look back at your day and go, mm. I have a friend who asks me constantly, she constantly texts me, how was your day? And most of the time, I've had to stop because I immediately <laughs> react with, well, blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm like, <laughs> This happened, that oh, happened, blah, blah, yeah. blah, 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 yeah. So what is the solution? Hmm. Wouldn't you like to know? Well, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to look at that. You can't make everything go according to plan. It's not all, you're not always going to make a list and get it all done in exactly the way you want it to get done. And everything's going to be perfect. Right. Life just doesn't work that way. It's yeah, not a Hallmark right. movie. <laughs> right. Much, <You> <laughs> much as Kathleen would wish, you know. I don't even know if I would because that's a bunch of cheese and whatever. Right. But. <laughs> Although if there were a movie about Kathleen falling for a Swiss guard, we established yes. before the show that oh, yeah. you'd be willing to star in that. Um, yeah. So if you're listening, I'm looking for. <laughs> if a you're a Swiss guard. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> One, if you're a Swiss guard, call me. Second, um. If you'd like to, to comment. The country code is plus one. Yeah. Uh, if you'd like to comment uh, what that Hallmark movie should be called, it should be alliterative mm. and uh, clever. So mm-hmm. Something okay. Trips funny. of state. Yeah. So, but you can change one thing. Espresso your love. Oh, state tripping, I think. Yeah, there you go. Anyway, I'm sorry. It's about mornings. That's Swiss what we're talking guard about. my heart. Mm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. All right. Well, you can change one thing that's wholly under your control, which is your morning. Yep. Right. And that will change everything about the rest of the day. So why uh, changing your morning changes the course of your whole day, you might ask. Um, because of confirmation bias. Now, mm -hmm. this is really cool. Your brain will take your morning experience and look for ways to confirm that experience, either good or bad, for the rest of the day. Right. So it can be, uh, it can seem a bit disheartening, right? Starting your day with a bad commute, your brain wants to spoil the rest of the day, mm -hmm. right? You spill coffee on your shirt first thing, your brain wants to tell you that your clients, whoever you're meeting, your students, for me, won't take you seriously and the whole meeting or the whole day will be shot. But the other side of confirmation bias is incredibly, incredibly positive, though. If you have a good morning and your brain, your brain will not only look past those seemingly negative experiences, mm -hmm. but search for ways to confirm this positive morning vibe throughout the rest of your day, right? And so it works both ways. Mm -hmm. um, Which is why you want to have a, a good getting out of the door, or really sure. get a, getting out of bed. Yeah. So experience. what does it take to have a course-altering uh, morning? Fortunately, it doesn't require waking up at 5 a.m. <laughs> Or maybe it does. Maybe it does. Maybe <laughs> it does for some of us. Um, nor does it require a prolonged routine of journaling or exercise or a big breakfast, etc. Like, I know a lot of times I'm like, I'm going to start my life off right now. You know, and like, I'm going to wake up at 5 a.m. and do exercising. And I'm going to cook a whole breakfast. It doesn't look. It's <laughs> there are a lot of articles saying that that's what you got to do. Yeah, but it's a little bit more simple. Right, right. Right. Rather, setting yourself up for a good day is as easy as establishing a short and simple mind set shifting routine mm -hmm. it's simple let's look at it. so what is a, a good day right before we delve into um how to set yourself up for a good day uh you need to know what we're aiming for what is a good day anyway you might ask what, what does it mean um and these tactics aren't for generating just any kind of good days but good work days mm -hmm. even if your work is being a stay-at-home mom or dad or or another non-traditional job so ultimately a good day is i was productive mm -hmm. my energy was high yep and I move towards a goal, like a bigger goal that I've yeah. got. Yeah. That's kind of the It's kind of the that's kind of the deal. Yeah. yeah. So um so yeah, to to what is my goal? Am I am I moving towards that mm -hmm. that goal? And so um So how, that's all tied up with self confidence too, sure. trying to maintain that. Yeah, so if you're trying to maintain this this idea of self confidence, um it all starts uh, how you set your compass in the morning. Mm -hmm. right? So, we, so um, how to have a good day morning routine. Let's talk about that. Now, um, there are a couple of steps that we, that we go through. Yeah. Um, and there's, let's see, there's five of them. Mm -hmm. So the number one is to set your rule of three, right? You should set three priorities for the day that you focus on above all other things. What three specific tasks can you achieve that further you or your company or your school's goals the most, right? And while it's fine to set your rule of three the morning of, um, uh, Jeremy says that he likes to set his uh, the, the night before so that he can start off the day just getting at it. Mm -hmm. So your rule of three. Uh, number two, set your intentions. Right? Starting your day well is not just about setting out the right tasks for yourself in a manageable way. It's also about... Uh, creating an overarching purpose for your day, um, a larger aim. To do this, you got to answer the question, um, what am I ultimately trying to achieve? What are you ultimately trying to achieve in your work? So for me, it sounds like this. I want to make it possible for my students to have a real encounter with Jesus. Mm -hmm. That is my overarching. Now, how do I do that every day? I go back to my, my rule of three. 
Now, it may sound very similar to a mission statement or a vision statement, and that's because it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's kind uh, of a short-term yeah, mission statement yeah. that day. Answering that question, what am I trying to achieve? And not only do these intentions help guide our daily actions and your rule of three, but a simple review of them in the morning shapes your entire attitude towards the day. Mm-hmm. If you go in with a goal, like we can't just go into a day hoping that it ends. Um, you know, some of us do. We're like, I just can't wait to get back here to my bed. Um, but we have to look at what is our, our intention, right? Yeah. Number three, plan for fires. Make contingency <laughs> plans. Ask, what could get in my way today? What, what could happen? <laughs> Right. And if we're honest with ourselves, we tend to know what distracts us throughout the day. Right. Um, be it, you know, sometimes we, it's that one coworker that we work with that they're going to say something that just is passive aggressive and it's going to throw us off the whole day. Um, so you, so you're saying like prepare for the nails yeah. on the chalkboard, whether or not it happens. Sure. Yeah. 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 Um, and these things can derail our day and impede us from uh, accomplishing our rule of three. Right, because then the whole rest of the day we're like festering on this thing. Mm. So take a few minutes in the morning to anticipate what might come up and distract you, right? Um, yeah, and, might be and, your phone. Yeah, and plan for that. Yeah, maybe it's a student who is like, I I hate Jesus for me. Like mm. sometimes I'm like, wait, what? And then mm. my whole because it that affects my my mission statement, right? Mm-hmm. Um, sure. And I feel like I fail, but I haven't. Yeah. Um, right. So number four, do something physical if you have time. Now. Mm. If you don't have time, make the time. 15 to 20 minutes. Take a walk before um, before you take a shower. Um, get out there and do something. If you have an animal, take them on. Like I take Chunk on a short walk in the morning. <laughs> I need to I need to prolong that both for his benefit and for mine, right? But but um, researchers found that on days that people exercised before work or did something active during their lunch break, they were far better able to concentrate and handle their workload keep their vision in mind, do their rule of three, and to be able to um, focus on the positive instead of the negative, all those fires that we're trying to put out. And number five, set a reward for the end of the day. If you know you're going to have a a particularly difficult day, um, give yourself something to look forward to. Maybe it's, uh, you know, you're going to watch your favorite movie or um, you're going to go have a coffee at the end of the day and just sit for 20 minutes. Or maybe it's a bubble bath with, you know, with your drink of choice, whatever (laughs) that may be. Give yourself a goal yeah. and, and, and a little reward. Now, you don't want to reward yourself all the time because, you're, you know, but something to look forward to and to keep you focused. Okay, if I can just make it through today, yep. do my rule of three, right. um, I can get to something that, that it's going to be it's going to be a little bit of worth it. Yeah. Um, a little, a little, um, incentive. A little yeah, incentive. A little incentive. Yeah. yeah. So if you follow the above morning routine, right, you'll be able to tackle each day proactively. You'll stay productive and more regularly say today was a good day. Yeah. And you can more confidently say that. Like ice cube does. Like ice cube. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. I, I There's your ice cube reference for the day. Yes, That's right. Indeed. And quite possibly the millennium. I, I'm not sure. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's actually, that's helpful because I know sometimes I, I want the end of the day without getting to the beginning of the day. You know, yeah. I want the reward, but without putting in the work. Well, how many times do I wake up and I get out of my bed just wanting to get right back in? That's right. You know, yeah. I but can't we wait can't. till it happens. We cannot. We must press forward. In fact, we have to keep doing it now. We are the Catholic Underground, but don't go anywhere because we'll be back in just a second.
A prayer for vocations. O God, who wills not the death of a sinner, but rather that he be converted and live, grant we beseech you through the intercession of the Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, Saint Joseph, her spouse, and all the saints, an increase of laborers for your church, fellow laborers with Christ, to spend and consume themselves for souls. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Yes, my friends, it is the Catholic Underground. I don't always Catholic Underground, but when I do, I'm me. Father Chris Decker, <laughs> joined by Olivia Galino and Kathleen Lee and Jeff Blackwell, up in space. Our Picks of the Week are coming up, and oh boy, do we have Picks of the Week for you. But first, we want to talk about uh, the fact that spiritual life is real. Yes. And uh, not only do we have to try to be possessed by the Holy Spirit every day, mm-hmm. but we have to ward off oppression and possession um, from the evil one. That's just a part of, of who we are as, uh, as Catholics, as Christians, as people who are holomorphic, huh? both, mm-hmm. both uh, spirit and body. And uh, St. Padre Pio, whom we, we know very well through his writings and, and through uh, the, the witnesses of his life and those who went to confession to him, mm-hmm. you know, um, we know that Padre Pio was an Italian priest who, who battled with the evil one. Yeah. And he actually gives us some really good lessons for spiritual warfare. And that's what yeah. we call it whenever we battle evil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just like, he always uh, baffles me with just how uh, adept he is at dealing with these kinds of things Mm. Um, because it seems like he had a very particular gift, very particular grace for that. Um, But I remember being at um, San Giovanni Rotondo um, where his, yeah, uh, not, I don't know, his place was, Um, but they have like a museum there. Yeah, there there you Mm -hmm. go. That's the word. It's okay. No. You're doing great. Um, but they uh, they have this kind of museum set up about him um, with different, like they, they preserved his cell and then you can walk into kind of his office and it's, you know, floor to ceiling bookshelves and it's just filled with letters, just letters that he wrote either to his spiritual directees or that they wrote to him. Um, and it's filled with this kind of wisdom that, um, that we're going to talk about. Um, so just a little bit of background in case you, you haven't known about Padre Pio or you just need a refresher. Um, he was an Italian priest um, who's known for his piety and his charity. And if you're watching us on the video feed, you see these gloves on his hands. Um, he wore those to cover the stigmata. Uh, he was given the, that gift of the stigmata. Which are the wounds of Christ. That's right. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. on, on his hands, his feet, and presumably his side his as well. I think he had all five of the yeah, I think he did too. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, you know, he never really showed them to people, even though they would ask him. Yeah. Um, he was canonized by Pope Saint John, John Paul II in two thousand and two. Um, so he really hasn't been a saint for very long, considering you know um, the history of the church and and the the years since his death. But he's very, very much a powerhouse. And it's really kind of neat because we we have video footage of yeah. him. You know, so many of the saints we think about. Oh, that was a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. But this is a saint of our really of our century. Right, exactly. And I think that's why devotion to him was so strong uh, when it, I mean, one of the things that contributed to it, not only the fact that he was very much a saint, Mm -hmm. a living saint walking the earth, but um, that there were things like this, um, you know, there was technology available to kind of spread the word about Mm -hmm. him. And um, there were American soldiers in Italy during and after World War II who heard about him and went to him. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I love reading those stories. Mm -hmm. Um, 
but yeah, he, he really strived to, to live his life in communion with Christ. Um, he experienced those moments of glory, like on Mount Tabor and the, and the transfiguration. Um, but he also experienced a lot of Christ's sacrificial suffering. Um, and he accepted it willingly. That's one thing that you read his writings and you just get this sense of joy, even though, you know, he's suffering a great deal. Um, so Kathleen Beckman, who actually is becoming quite prolific yeah. in my eyes, um, she examines three volumes of Pope Saint of uh, Pope Saint of uh, Padre Pio's writings that aren't actually available in English yet. Um, and so these quotes that we're going to read um, haven't been translated into English in anything that's been printed until now. Uh, until now, so a mm. little bit breaking. of breaking. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Breaking news. Dun, 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 dun. Um, <laughs> And it's actually from his written correspondence to his spiritual director. So this is like the the most intimate heart of Padre Pio. Um, And they really do give us a glimpse of his interior life. Um, One thing that, you know, to kind of know going into it, he was uh, very much um, in battle with diabolical attacks. Yeah, he was permitted Um, this. He was permitted that, Mm. um, but he was victorious in them. Uh, And that's one thing that, you know, he was was permitted those battles, but he was also permitted the strength to endure them. The saints always know, Jeff, the saints always know who wins. And that Mm. is why they're permitted to battle um, for the sake of souls and ultimately for the sake of their own sanctification. That's right. It's kind of like our last episode, we talked about the mystery of suffering, the mystery of evil. Mm -hmm. This is another way that, that God turns suffering and evil on its head mm-hmm. and he says i will allow this but so that i can show who wins wow. mm-hmm. i win yeah. god says yeah and he very much has that i mean you were talking earlier about like kathleen was about you know beginning with the end in mind mm-hmm. and i feel like you you see that in his writings because he he almost it's like it's like christ in the desert being tempted by satan to you know make bread out of rocks and to mm-hmm. throw himself off of high yeah. high buildings and he basically padre pio does he just kind of laughs in the face of it he sees the devil's attempts to be cunning and and mm-hmm. slithe and he just well, of course not. Sorry. And not do to say that it's, yeah, it's not to, to say that it wasn't like a real struggle and a no. real temptation, but he was able to just kind of be like, well, I mean, I know that this is, this is bunk and I know that I, I know who wins. So, yeah. okay, this is just, you know, one of those things we got to do. Let's wrestle. Um, <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Um, so in 1910, this was the, um, the quote from one of his letters. He says, I am in the hands of the devil who is trying to snatch me from the arms of Jesus. Mm. Dear God, what a war he is waging against me. There are moments in which I am on the point of losing my reason through the continual violence I must do to myself. How many tears and groans, dear father, I send up to heaven in order to be set free. Mm-hmm. But no matter, I will never tire of praying to Jesus. Yeah. That sounds like the Psalms. I, yeah, exactly. That's what, uh, I'm in distress, but I turn it over to him. That yeah. was one of the things I thought about while I was reading all of these um, different little excerpts. Uh, and I love how he's so honest, mm-hmm. you know, because he's he's honest about the situation he's in. He knows he's, he's able to look and be aware that like, okay, this is very much uh, a wrestling match with the devil. And what, what's his aim? He's trying to steal me away from Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, and he talks about it in the sense of a war because it very much is. It's a war for souls, uh, for his soul. Um, and I love how he says, um, there are moments in which I'm at the point of losing my reason mm. through the continual violence I must do myself. So his, his remedy, um, for, for these temptations is what he called, um, the, um, the discipline. Yeah. So, um, you know, self-flagellation, mortification, that kind of which, thing. Which by the way, you should never try at home. You should always do under the guidance yes. of your spiritual director. Absolutely. And, uh, and the, the discipline, the self-mortification, uh, in a physical sense is something that is is for advanced levels of, of yes. spiritual uh, uh, spiritual ascent, yes. and so don't don't 
do that unless yeah. you've talked to a spiritual director. That's yeah. right. Mm. Yeah. To take from one of our other saints, I think it was Catherine of Siena. She said, if you don't have a spiritual director, then the devil is your director. Right. Um, oh, wow. <laughs> yikes. Reminds me of overdue. So, so that's <laughs> what, spiritual direction. Yeah. Not to convict it, but you know, just to yeah. put that in perspective, like if you get those ideas and you're not under the spiritual direction of someone that you trust and someone right. who is very much, you know, uh, on guard for your soul, yeah. then you can enter into like some dangerous areas. That's right. Can I just um, insert here? Because yeah. we need to do a, a, a segment on how do you go about finding or. or, or oh, well, then oh, uh, we'll put that on the list. That's okay, actually good. a very good All one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but yeah, so he would, um, he would, you know, enter into these kind of spiritual flagellations and physical too. Um, but he says to the point of losing his reason. Mm. Um, and I think that that shows like just the, the lengths he was willing to go to in order to resist the temptation of the devil. But it also shows that it's sometimes it's necessary to, you know, as he says, to do violence to ourselves, mm-hmm. but not in the sense that, you know, we're not all called. And I would say the majority of us are not called to pick up a cat of nine tails and just, have at it yeah um but we are called to prayer fasting and almsgiving yeah fasting Um, for us i think is probably mm. um it's a form of do if you again we're we're using the phraseology here of Mm -hmm. doing violence to ourselves in the sense that that we are we are willfully refusing ourselves something that would give us nourishment and pleasure right and and that really that's the key of mortification of any kind Mm -hmm. and so and so for us maybe that that doing battle is with fasting Right. Yeah. That's why we do that during Lent. It's not yeah. just because that's something we do, but that is a form of doing violence mm-hmm. to the body, if you will, uh, to, to prepare it for the Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah especially because you have to look at those things that you lean on, even if it's not food or yeah. maybe it's noise. Maybe you just you always have the TV on. You always have your music on. So maybe you spend a day in silence. Yeah. Uh, other than, you know, talking to people at work. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, and another thing, too, that I, I remember from Padre Pio is he says that um, you must discipline the donkey, but not so much that it doesn't carry you. Oh. Um, <laughs> and I and I keep that with me because some I think some of us and a lot of us have a temptation, which is the right word, a temptation to undergo too many uh, mortifications. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, that's where, like, spiritual direction comes in. Um, but it's just something to be aware of. Yeah. Um, but then his next one, and also in 1910, his next uh, excerpt says, I laugh at all this as being of no account following your advice, the advice of his spiritual director. It sometimes worries me, though, that I am not quite sure if I have been ready to put up a fight at the enemy's very first attack. Yeah. Um, this is kind of harkens back to, to what uh, St. Jose Maria Escriva mm-hmm. would talk about in our segment before. Um, that if you don't wake up when the alarm goes off, you've lost the first battle yeah. of the day. And and so he, he's basically saying, I, I just, I'm not sure if I've been ready mm-hmm. when the first attack comes to to put it off. You right, know? yeah. And, you know, especially because those attacks come often in the areas in which we're most vulnerable yeah. uh, are the ones that we're the most susceptible to temptation. That's right. Um, and that's because Satan knows what he's doing. He targets those things deliberately. Yeah. Um, he doesn't know our thoughts. He's not permitted to know our thoughts, but he's a very keen observer mm-hmm. of, of our actions mm-hmm. and, and how we respond to stimuli. And so he knows he knows where where these yeah. things are, and he will attack first, usually sly, mm-hmm. and then he gets increasingly more and more. Hey, look, here's the mountain. Worship me, and it's going to be great. Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> He's some kind of like '60s sitcom character. Well, yeah, basically in my <laughs> yeah. head. Yeah, take that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 
Um, but yeah, so I mean, it really, what, what is the lesson to learn from that? I think it's that we always have to be on guard, um, especially in those things that we know, you know, that's where an examination of conscience comes in. Those areas that we know that we're susceptible to being tempted are yeah. the things that, that, you know, look at what you desire and then look at the, the vices that are mm-hmm. associated with that mm-hmm. and be on lookout for those, which that's is right. not to say that they'll all happen or they'll all happen all at once, but it's things that we have to be aware of. Just like anyone who has some kind of like substance abuse problem, yeah, yeah, they're you just become aware. aware of the triggers. Yeah. You yeah. just, that's, a, that's the word I'm looking for. You just be aware of your triggers. Um, mm-hmm. and then you can avoid those. And if they come up, you can have some kind of um, you know, prayer that you can lean on or That's just right. a, a distraction that you can go to. to or to an accountability partner, a friend yeah. that you can call. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I know in the seminary that was very important for us. Um, whenever, you know, something would come up that's a trigger to be able to, to go to a, to the room of, of one of the, your seminary brothers that you trust and say, okay, this is happening. So, uh, let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes that was, that was the thing that's needed because one of the things that Satan tries to do is isolate you. Mm-hmm. And so oftentimes, whenever you find yourself tempted uh, in, in any of the different ways, whether it's whether it's with a sexual sin or whether it's with a gluttony or sloth or something, to be able to reach out to another human being, uh, it may be your spiritual director, but it may be a friend, somebody that you trust, that does the work of, of, of just routing mm-hmm. the foe. And, and so reach out to a relationship and not to isolation. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that goes back to, I think I probably say this too much, but, you know, Benedict in Space Alvi says, you know, no one is saved alone. No one is condemned alone. That was in um, my homily today. Yeah. Amen to that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, you're really, you're, you're exactly right that, you know, it's those moments of temptation where if you have that, that strength to reach out to someone yeah. as a lifeline, that's right. You know, that's going to make all the difference than if you try to, to face Satan on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, because what does he try to do? He tries to isolate you. Um, and that's, you know, something in one of uh, Padre Pia's letters from 1913, he even, um, you know, intimates, he says that um, they being um, these temptations, um, the demons, they tried to make me believe that I had been rejected by God forever. Mm-hmm. And and that's what, you know, Satan, he, he depends on that. He, he depends on that temptation that, that God has completely rejected us, that, yeah. that our sins are too much for him. Yeah. Um, but what is that at root? That's, that's just pride gone mm. the other direction yeah you know that my sins are too big for god yeah what is that that doesn't mean anything that's yeah. that's utterly meaningless well it's because, a lie of yeah. the highest order exactly that's, that's what that's the lie he told in the garden uh, right after telling um adam and eve that they would not die if they took mm-hmm. the fruit the very next lie that's intimated because of concupiscence entering in or rather you know because of original sin entering in is that god doesn't want you right which is completely turned on its head because the first thing that God does is he's looking yeah. <laughs> for Adam and for Eve. Yeah. You know, so so even in salvation history, we see that that lie of the devil is not true. It's There's no way it can be true. God is always looking for us. Mm-hmm. Always, always. Yeah, and I think this is where like sacramentals, especially the crucifix, come into yeah. Um, to play here because, you know, you have those moments of, you know, I've been rejected by God or I'm unlovable. Uh, you can look at the crucifix and see that that's not the body language of someone who doesn't love you. Mm-hmm. That's not the body language of someone who isn't willing to do everything for you. That's right. Uh, that's the body language of someone who says, I will, I will empty myself of every last drop for yep. you. And I would have done it if you were the only person on the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So that's the, you know, the, 
any temptation that we undergo, there's always something that we can do on, on our end or on the, the spiritual end to, um, to, to defeat it or to fight it or to, to rely on it until it's over. That's right. In uh, fact, his spiritual director talks about that. He says, Padre Pio does not retreat nor admit defeat. He declares sincerely and firmly that he willingly accepts every kind of torment and tribulation, if only he may remain steadfast and faithful to his promises and ensure his salvation. Uh, this is in, in the letters, um, uh, because Padre Pio himself was investigated, as everyone must yeah. be whenever there are instances of the stigmata and things like that, of spiritual attack and it becoming public. And so his spiritual director is providing uh, testimony here. And and this is really kind of telling for us as Christians, too, because to be able to, to submit ourselves completely to the will of God and to say, Lord, um, permit those things to happen in my life that I may become holy— uh, let me remain faithful to you and to those things that ensure my salvation. But I'm willing, I'm willing to, to undergo um, suffering for souls. I mean, that's essentially what we're saying when we when we talk about, you know, suffering for our children, you know, mm-hmm. who are going through a difficult time. And, and how many how many parents have said, Lord, just let some of it fall on me so they don't have as much of a, a hard time. To be able to say, Lord, I, I'm willing, I'm willing to hang on the cross mm-hmm. You know, uh, again, that's not something that that you should immediately just rush to. Right. Uh, you need to talk about that with your spiritual director, but be aware that every every day that we arise, we have opportunities in which we can hang on the cross with our Lord, mm-hmm. um, and and that always looks like death, but with Christ in Christ, it is never death. Mm-hmm. You know, it is always aimed towards resurrection. Yeah. And um and he he keeps on this theme of um you know realizing the power of God in the, in the face of any kind of trial or temptation, um and and how trust in that will will deliver you no matter what it is. Um he even you know he muses on my dear father talking to his spiritual father, uh, what is God's purpose in allowing the devil so much freedom? He says <laughs> despair is trying to take hold of me. Yet believe me, Father, I have no intention of displeasing God. Uh, I cannot account for and much less understand how it can ever be possible that such a resolute will prepared to do good can be combined with all these human miseries. And Jeff, you'll remember that that's actually the the grace of piety. That's the Mm -hmm. gift of the Holy Spirit of piety, of loving the things of God, loving the worship of the church, uh, and loving all of the things that cause us to not want to harm our relationship with God. In fact, that's also tied up in the gift of the fear of the Lord, too. Mm -hmm. Of, of we, we always miss kind of translate in our head what that means, but the, the gift of the fear of the Lord, that gift of the Holy Spirit, yeah. allows us to say, Lord, I want to do nothing that will displease you. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know? yes. Yes. And but, I think you know, it, well, I, real, I, I, I'm still amazed that uh, Padre Pio, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, a saint, he, that, you would, that he would have a spiritual director. And that's just the, one of the mm-hmm. things. That oh, really the ones who are saints, you can bet they mm-hmm. had him, mm-hmm. you know, because they're always hanging on the very edge. Mm-hmm. You know, the saints are. Right. I had no um, idea. And, and you can kind of see that certainly in the life of Padre Pio is yeah. the, the saint is always dangling over the precipice, even though they know how it's going to turn out. Mm-hmm. There is still a real fight, a yeah. real battle. Yeah, and that's, you know, so much of the theme of this is that really depending on, so think about how many people depended on Padre Pio for spiritual advice, for help in spiritual warfare, and yet he himself had to lean on someone because, you know, what's that recognition that we can't do it alone? We aren't alone. Um, And I think, you know, this particular excerpt is really important too because he's saying that we can train our will to be resolute, you know, like obviously with the help of and cooperation with God's grace, um, but you know, we can be prepared to do good despite all the things that come at us, despite all of our misery. Mm-hmm. And it really just shows us that we're not 
imprisoned by our despair. We don't have to be imprisoned by our weakness. We can rely on something stronger than us, right. even if it comes in the form of a friend or mm -hmm. a kind smile. Mm -hmm. um, and this next one I love, he says, the enemies are continually rising up, Father, against the ship of my spirit. Ooh. And they cry out in unison, let us knock him down, let us crush him, mm -hmm. since he is weak and cannot hold out much longer. Alas, my dear father, who will set me free from those roaring lions all ready to devour me? There's a note here that uh, that you as a Christian have a responsibility to be well-versed in the Psalms. Mm -hmm. Because one of the things that the Psalms allow us is the opportunity to cry out in any of the instances in our life. And one of the things that the Psalms can do is give us a vocabulary to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's what... That's what Padre Pio was doing here. Yeah, this is Psalm 51. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what, and that's the thing, you read it, and that's the first thing you hopefully think of is let us knock him down, let us crush him, because Psalm 51 says, um, you know, a broken and contrite spirit, um, you will mm -hmm. not spurn, O that's Lord, right. and contrite is, in Hebrew, it's crushed. Yeah. Um, my crushed spirit I give to you, and you will not spurn it, Lord. Um, and really, you know, it allows us to encounter that reality that the devil crushes the soul. That's what he wants. Right. Yeah. He wants there to yeah. be nothing left, just absolutely annihilated. But the Lord lifts up the soul. That's, That's why right. we can give him, even if it's broken, even if there are pieces missing, we can give him what's what's crushed and what's left, and, and he'll lift it up. He'll recreate it, right? That's right. Um, he makes all things new. Yeah. And even if he, you know, has to reprimand us, even if he has to, to, to chastise us for, you know, the things that we've done or the things that we've allowed, he does so with gentleness. Mm -hmm. He's at, above all things charitable and loving, and he will never crush the soul. He made it. He's not going to destroy it. That's exactly um, right. And he wants it to be whole and pure. And so he's going to always work towards that restoration. That's right. Yeah. And, and of course, uh, as we, as we come to the to the next segment here, mm -hmm. just remember Padre Pio's words, pray, hope, and don't worry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that, the, that phrase mm -hmm. uh, resonates in my mind more than anything is pray, hope, and don't worry. Trust does more to strengthen the soul. And the Lord asks us to trust him. And that's one of the reasons that he permits temptation. He permits evil uh, in, in, a, in the world is he asks us to trust him and trust him all the more. Uh, remember to make use of the sacramentals, to make the sign of the cross on your forehead. Uh, to pray to the Holy Spirit and to Our Lady, the seat of wisdom, that she would carry our prayers, that she would carry us to her son, Jesus. She's all, she is the intermediary uh, who's, who's just, she's like a transport. You know, she, <laughs> she carries us to Jesus, mm -hmm. and, and Jesus certainly uh, uh, unfolds us in his arms. Um, and remember that, that, uh, that, that great is God's reward for persevering. Um, we, we are, we are the, the thief, hopefully, that says, remember me in paradise, mm -hmm. you know. Well, there, there you go. Yeah. Uh, I suppose, uh, Jeff, that, yes. that uh, we should probably take some time for that part of the show that we like to call the CU Pick of the Week. All right, for our first CU Pick of the Week, uh, I'm going to need to vamp and go to somebody really quick because I have to, <laughs> I have to get my Pick of the Week prepared. So, Kathleen, if you can do it quickly. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, so I, I picked her before, but my friend Natalie Haydell is a, is a local artist here out of Homa Thibodeau. Um, and a few weeks ago, I, I was like, man, I... I, I need something. I wanted to start journaling. Um, and I bought all kinds of journals and they just sit in my room. Um, so I sent her a journal and I told her that uh, Pope St. John Paul II, I said, all I'm going to tell you is Pope St. John Paul II, my favorite images are of him leaning against the cross. Mm. Um, and this, I wish, look, if you're listening on the on podcast, you need to look this up. But um, then this is what she sent mm. me. Um, oh, and if you're looking on the radio, uh, it's... Yeah. Uh, 
It's Pope John Paul II. Yeah, so, uh, so leaning on his his pastoral staff. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so she she created this beautiful, beautiful. But she has great, beautiful um, uh, Catholic art. A lot of um, Our Lady. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can check her out at Colors by Natalie dot art. Um, and her whole uh, you can you can buy prints. You can buy gallery wrap stuff. Um, it's beautiful, beautiful stuff. She's got Our Lady Undoer of Knots is her newest one. Our Lady. Oh. Um, of Guadalupe, um, just beautiful stuff. Cool. Check it out. All right, uh, Olivia, you want to do yours? I do, and actually, I have to give credit to Mr. Jeff for this one um, because I needed a shotgun mic for my DSLR, and um, oh, so I was asking that. for something that would fit in my hot shoe, and but said so that was something that would give me good sound quality for the setup that I needed, and um, so it's the Rode Video Mic Go. Um, so it's a smaller version of some of the the pro series that they have, but um, it's you know I can run with it because it's not going to come off its little pedestal. Mm. Um, it's, oh, it's got a little it's a uh, it's got a mount. buffer a shock mount. Yeah, yeah. Um, cool. it doesn't need an external power source or batteries um, because it just um, plugs into my camera, and um, and the sound quality is really awesome. So oh, the vi- the road video might go. Yeah, That's and if you want to see it in action, huh? We just look at the diocese of Baton That's Rouge's right. youth and young adult page. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> on you can Facebook. Go to, uh, uh, yes, on Facebook, on YouTube, or brcatholicya.org. That's right. There you go. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Hey, Jeff, you want to do your pick of the week? Yeah, real quick. Like, uh, is Genesis History is the name of this uh, documentary, and it features over a dozen scientists and scholars explaining how the world intersects with history recorded in Genesis. Neat. Uh, These are scientists, and it's really can get heady, but uh, it is so good. Uh, From rock layers to fossils, from lions to stars, the Bible artifacts, uh, the, the the fascinating film will change the way you see the world. You can uh, either buy the movie at their website, is Genesis History, or you can watch it on Netflix. They're cool. Yeah, I, I know I will, actually. That there looks really kind of neat. Okay. okay, so my pick of the week is... Uh, this Little show and tell on it, the radio. It, yeah, this is my pick of the week. <laughs> it, it looks like a Saturn V rocket. It is called the AeroPress, <laughs> and it is uh, a, a do-it-yourself kind of espresso machine. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it comes right. in parts that kind of, uh, you know sets up into a pedestal that you can store. Mm-hmm. This is basically just like the base. Um, but uh, it looks like a big giant Cajun injector, for those of you who don't know what that is. <laughs> it's, uh, it looks like a big syringe, right? And then so it, it, there are pieces here. The bottom piece is is the filter, and it just kind of unscrews like that. And really the only movable, like replaceable piece that you have to worry about is, is the coffee filter, which is this little thin piece of paper. Yes. Yeah, and you can always cut it. out your own or the yeah, ones you get from Walmart. I guess you could. Uh, and they also make like a um, uh, an aluminum one too. Hmm. Okay? Oh, okay. And so you put that in in the, the bottom there, and then you screw it back into the base of the AeroPress. So you've got a little um, thing okay. here. I don't yeah. even know mm-hmm. what to call it. All right. We'll and that. then and then you put you put the uh, the AeroPress over your coffee cup. Okay. All right. It's right on top of the coffee it's, cup. It's right on top of the coffee cup. All right. And then you spoon in your coffee. Uh, we're using River Road Blend, which is a local Baton Rouge uh, brewery here. And then you one and a half for a shot of espresso here. These are scientific measures here. It is. And, and then you want to shake it to kind of even it out, okay, right? Shakey shake. Yeah, a little shakey shake, shake as it shake. were. Okay, and then uh, you take your hot water. This is my, uh, for those of you who are in college <laughs> seminary with me, you'll remember this. This is mine. My, uh, and then we fill it up to the number two place there's a little number system on here right oh let me fill it up right 
Okay. Okay. And then we we stir. Oh, there's we... a stir. Sorry. Oh yeah, you got to stir. Yeah, this is a ten seconds. Three, four, five, six. Is that about seven, four, four eight, to six ounces, you think? Nine, ten. Nine, ten. ten. It, it probably makes, I would say, a three or four ounce. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. It's like okay. a little shot of a... Yeah, it's a little shot oh, of good. espresso. Yeah. Good. All right. Okay, and then we insert the plunger. Inserting the plunger. <laughs> and then you, you, you plunge it down, right? And slowly, you, I believe it's it. Kind of slowly, yeah. And then you hold it. Oh, my. There's a lot of pressure here. See, you're providing the pressure <laughs> for the coffee. Right? Don't hurt yourself. For the Bobby. coffee. For the coffee. Yeah. And then once you get to the bottom, you uh, you just simply hold it for about 20, it says between 20 and 60 seconds. Okay. <laughs> Why did I have to choose a black mug that's going to be the same color as the coffee? Um, so you won't be able to see it, but still. Okay. All right. Good. Yep. Okay. Feeling good? And then I, I feel very good about it. Okay. Nice. And then. You add a little almond milk, which is what I like to do yes. to make like quasi-latte. This, this is like Father Chris, the barista over here. <laughs> Don't I wish. That was a tip jar. That's right. There's yeah. a, and then I'll just add a little packet of stevia because that's, that's how right. I roll. Yeah, so you can do you can do an espresso um, on your own uh, time. You don't have to go to your, you know, yeah. six bucks. Um, uh, or you can make a latte if you have a milk frother. You can do all that. And I'm just going to yeah. stir it here. Stir. A little stir. For those of you on the radio, it's the sound of stirring. Okay. Take that, Simon and Garfunkel, and then you drink. Nice. Ah. For those of you who, to That's whom that sound is just horrifying, we're sorry. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> and so the AeroPress is my pick of the week. We'll make sure that that's in the show notes. It's about 30 bucks. Uh, pretty oh, cheap way to get yeah. coffee. And it was good. I had it's some. delicious. Yeah. Really we good. always thank those, Jeff, who are so uh, good to us. Uh, our benefactors, both spiritual and material, thank you, right? Yes. This week, Catholic Underground is possible because of people like you. Join the growing number of undergrounders at catholicunderground.com slash donate. Also, portions of the Catholic Underground are brought to you by audibletrial.com slash catholicunderground. That's audibletrial.com slash catholicunderground. And also by Mystic Monk Coffee. More information at catholicunderground.tv. Yeah, midnight vigils roast would probably be very good Ooh, in, uh, yes. in the AeroPress. In fact, in the chat room it says... Uh, Father Chris, that's a strong cup of coffee. We need three of those for our department. That's over in the uh, Office of Youth and Young Adult Ministry. That's Dina saying that. Uh, Albert, uh, you remember Albert the Great. Oh, he yeah. says, uh, coffee plus MacBook is bad. And Dr. Mike says, no sleep for you. You're probably right. Yeah, if you want the show notes for this episode, if you want to subscribe to the podcast, if you want to see my latest Inktober entry, go to catholicunderground.com. Our panelists have been Kathleen Lee, the benefactress. She's the faith ninja, Hope Samurai. At Kathleen Y-A-B-R. Still yep. on Twitter. Still there. <laughs> also, Olivia Galiner. She, Olivia. Yeah, Galiner. Every time. Kevin Galiner. <laughs> Olivia Galiner is at OM Galino on Twitter. Thank you, Olivia. <laughs> I don't even know what to say to you. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably best. Uh, yeah, our technical director is Jeff Blackwell. He's at Jeff Blackwellus on Twitter. Thank you, Joe. Always a privilege, Father. Our research assistant, the leader of the crew in the lab, is Jim Hayes. Our video director is Ed Ball. And you know me. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm Father Chris Decker. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at Digital Catholic. We hope that we've helped you cut through the noise, find that still small voice, and enjoy a nice cup of coffee. We're the Catholic Underground. We're Faith Gone Digital. And we will see you next time. From the Catholic Underground.